1: Victory Monday, Cowboys Nation. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We are coming live from the beautiful star in Frisco, as I hope you all have a uh, Engaged in buying that 50 burger today because that is gonna be the theme of our show. I'm Jess Navarrez. I'm your host today. Of course, I'm joined by two incredible ladies, Christy Skills and Aisha Morrison. Ladies, the Cowboys sealed the deal yesterday against the Colts, winning fifty-four to nineteen a final score. Currently sitting real pretty at nine and three and second in the NFC East. So there is a lot to unpack about Sunday uh, Sunday Night Football uh, that we saw yesterday. However, let's hit it off with an OBJ Watch update because he is in the building, as Christy had just mentioned, and I just want to make sure we give you all All the updates, and that's running through your mind. So, Christy, what have we heard so far about our latest OBJ update? Well, of
2: course, Mike McCarthy was uh, asked about it. uh, Same question, four different ways, trying to extract more information. McCarthy just finished (laughs) his press conference a little bit ago, but said that uh, OBJ is actually currently meeting with the Cowboys medical staff. And then when pressed as to whether or not Odell will actually go out and have a workout, he wouldn't you know uh, commit to an answer on that and neither would uh, Jerry Jones but uh, we know from last night's uh, post-game conversation that the Cowboys leadership council will be uh, meeting with him uh, this evening and uh, we've also have it confirmed from McCarthy and Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones that Odell will uh, be in town overnight, and uh, there'll be more follow up tomorrow. So that's that's the latest breaking news on OBJ at the Star.
1: Thank you, Christy. We appreciate that. And you know what? If I were OBJ, after seeing yesterday's win, it makes the Cowboys a little more intriguing than they already were for him. So let's get right into it, Aisha, girl. That game, how are you feeling yes. after a, a nearly 60-burger, really? I was hoping for a 60-burger. I was being a little selfish there. 40-burger was not enough for me. How are you feeling after that uh, victorious Sunday night football game from the Dallas Cowboys? I was
3: confused like,
1: in the <laughs> confused. fourth quarter. I mean, uh, have you ever
3: seen anything like it? No. In the fourth quarter? Se- I, I, was com- I wasn't confused about what was happening. It was more so like... Hey, what's going on? Like, <laughs> I was like, what's going on? Because it was turnover, touchdown, turnover, touchdown, and that's what you—the efficiency that you look for in a football team. One thing about the Cowboys that I think is um, underrated is and it's becoming underrated with them. And what good teams do well is they have the ability to close out games. And put teams away and to turn it up. You know, just that, let's turn it up, let's go finish this game. And that's to me, a lot of it is a mental thing to lock in like that and to finish a game. And that's something I think in the past that we haven't seen from them. There's so many times you like, why? Go finish the game. Go just go go put the nail in the coffin, finish the game. And one thing I've seen from them in this this, you know, since Dak's return is the third quarter, fourth quarter. They really have the ability to come out and adjust at the half and put it on teams and it's there's no questions asked at the end of it. And so I, I think that this is an impressive part that they're adding to this to their game and giving you more confidence in them as a team that they can go do that is important.
1: An impressive fourth quarter indeed, thirty three points on the board within that fourth quarter. The third time in NFL history a team has scored at least that many points in the fourth quarter. So making history, Christy. We were all at the game yesterday, but I want to know from the sidelines, what were the reactions from the players during that fourth quarter? What was that feeling like? Can you explain that kind of energy that was just exuding out from the yeah, sidelines? Yeah, well,
2: Aisha hit the nail on the head. Um, the old football axiom is that uh, turnovers happen in bunches. Yeah, but, <laughs> but to have four takeaways in a row – that's amazing, I've never seen that before, but the the best part about being on the sideline was towards the end of the game, watching the equipment managers try and rearrange the equipment trunk behind the Cowboys bench to put all the souvenir footballs in there. They literally Hmm. were running out of trunk space because you had Malik Hooker taking home two of the footballs because he had the uh, fumble return for the touchdown. He had the interception. You had rookie Duran Bland with two interceptions, so he kept those footballs. Uh, Let's see, Malik Davis, the rookie running back, scored his first touchdown, so he kept that football. So it it's pretty hilarious, whereas they're like, "Oh man, we're, that's a great problem to have when you're when you've got too many souvenirs uh, to take home after a big win." I love that you win. called
3: it a takeaway too, because mm-hmm. I think it's the difference between a turnover and a takeaway. Yeah, but those those were, I mean, the forced fumble by uh, Damone Clark. Yeah. I, they, like these things are also too with Daron Bland. He's snatching the ball. He's yes. like, no. Mm, that's my ball right now. And those are takeaways to me. Like that's I'm bigger, stronger than you. And this is my ball. And I'm that's what I'm impressed with. Like this stuff was not just easy takeaways. You know, they they were forcing these errors. And and it's the young guys making making
2: these. uh, I'm going to use a uh, borrow a phrase that Bill Parcells always used. And that's catalytic plays, Mm. games, uh, plays that can change a game or at least momentum within a game so takeaways are obvious ones you know a, a big play on offense would, would yeah. be another even on special teams it may not be a big return it might be a good hit you know uh, to uh, drop a pump returner you know and flip yeah. field position but catalytic plays by the young guys so I'm so glad that Aisha among the first ones that you mentioned was Damone Clark because that forced fumble was great uh, we didn't mention Sam Williams another yeah. rookie oh. and he had a fumble recovery we thought he had a a touchdown there Sam oh, Sam thought he might yes. have had a touchdown but upon further review yes. it was correct that he was touchdown but at least it, it still was a takeaway the Cowboys took possession and then ultimately scored well
1: yes. and I think this game was a perfect example of what you get when you balance both being aggressive and being key focused on what you need to do because during that first quarter it looked like a completely different football team from first quarter to fourth quarter I mean 33 points in one quarter Who would have thought that that was even going to be humanly possible again? uh, I I feel a little bad for Matt Ryan today. I really (laughs) do. do. That is, that's a rough game for him. (laughs) Um, But you know what? I I think this is exactly what the Cowboys should have done with the amount of talent and the amount of hyper focus that they put, especially in the penalties and the pre-snap penalties. We'll talk about that later. But this was a statement game. And not only that, I think it was a breakout game for a lot of those young players to show you, hey this is my spot, this is why I'm here, and I want that ball. <laughs> I mean, it was incredible to just watch. May,
2: may I share a fun moment with you from the sideline yes. pregame? So on the Dallas Cowboys radio network, about 10 to 15 minutes before kickoff, our uh, co-hosts, Brian Broaddus and Zach Wolchek, uh, they throw it to Brad in the booth for, like, keys to the game, some final thoughts, and then they throw it down to me on the sideline. Well, I have all my notes spread out on the trainer's table, which is behind – the far right side of the bench that's where the defensive line sits so got my headset on got my glasses on looking at my notes ready to share some you know inspired things that i've picked up from the coaches and players uh, along the sideline in pregame well Adden dirty he's the uh mm-hmm. defensive line coach he comes out before the players the pregame introductions and he always sits on the edge of that table where i have all my notes And I'm like, Aden, I think I'm going to go with the Shark Week theme. I have shared this with my thoughts before. Shark Week and with Matt Ryan as the chum in the water. I said, I'm thinking thinking of talking about Shark Week for Keys to Game. He's like, Shark Week, I like it. Let's go with that. I can't do the British accent that Coach Dirty uses. But that's exactly what it was in the fourth quarter. And why, Jess, you say that you actually felt sorry for Matt Ryan. But the key going in was to – contain Jonathan Taylor don't let the Colts get that run game going meanwhile try and build up a lead and make the Colts have to pass the ball so that you could unleash the pass rushers and hopefully with all of the pressure on the quarterback uh, takeaways ensue and that's what it didn't you know didn't really get rolling until the fourth quarter but when it did it was a feeding frenzy and and Ryan was chum in the water yeah.
1: oh man chum in the water that is that is a rough Sunday night for for poor Matt Ryan but Chrissy I wanted to talk to you. You about playing with dings and nicks within this team because this team they were putting their all out there. Those were hard hits. I mean, the tackling was just phenomenal, really, from both physical sides game. of the ball. Very yeah. physical. So I wanted to ask you about that, specifically uh, with players like CD and, and J. Ron Curse. What were you seeing about the players and how they were playing with those kind of dings and nicks, we'll call Boy, them?
2: you know, CD had had a couple catches in a possession, but then there was one where he went, this is in the first half, there was about three minutes left in the first half. He went across the middle, he reached up, and they call it a rib shot, where mm-hmm. a receiver has his arms up and the de- defensive back comes in, or it could be a linebacker, and delivers a blow to the ribs because the torso is exposed as uh, the receiver is, has his hands up. And that's what happened to C.D. Now, he never went in the blue medical tent, but he did come over to the sideline. He was talking with head athletic trainer Jim Mauer. He spoke briefly with the medical staff. But I tell you, um, the next possession – Uh, Jalen Tolbert was out there for CD just for a couple plays. CD did come in on the third down play. He didn't miss any uh, CD didn't miss any uh, more plays. But you talk about sucking it up. I mean, the guy was in pain, but he still did it. J. Ron Curse is another guy. Uh, Recall that he finished the previous game with a shoulder harness because he had separated a shoulder. He's got a shoulder injury. He's playing with a harness all day yesterday, doesn't miss a beat, doesn't miss a play, doesn't miss a tackle or a hard hit. So anytime, <laughs> any point in an NFL season, but certainly in December, mm. these guys, they're all playing nicked up, dinged up but the way that they are able to set that aside and still go out there and lay it on the line. You know, Donovan Wilson, Aisha, you talk about yeah, him every week. Yeah. More <laughs> praise for him from Coach McCarthy yesterday. He had a phenomenal Game. Yeah, he was everywhere. Yeah, and so um, I, I just think I just think we need to sit back and and uh, sometimes think about it and appreciate yeah. what these guys are doing.
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah.
3: When you talk about you know dinged and nicked up, you know, ask Michael Parsons what it's like to be dinged and nicked up, yeah. what they did to him, chipping wise, and bringing an extra guy around. I mean, he, to his standards, I'm sure, had a pretty quiet night because he was getting chipped and dinged up. But that's just some of the sacrifice that comes with being as great as he is, and it allows other gentlemen to get after it. I felt like the DTs, um, the middle of this defense, Hankins, uh, Osa, those guys played stout in the middle, and that allowed your linebackers to get after it. Tank, playing oh, through things yeah, and Knicks. He's such, I mean, it's just all hats to the ball. Like when you talk about the run defense, I know we're going to get into it. But when you talk about the run defense, which allowed them to tee off, a lot of that started with the middle of the defense and all of those guys just getting in there. A lot yeah. of, It's not pretty all the time. Sometimes yeah. guys are just falling on other guys. They're just falling into each other, but it's the effort and it's all hats to the ball right now. And that's, I really saw that in this game, t- this game and that allowed them to go ahead and rush the passer at will.
1: Yeah, I mean and again I'm so glad you mentioned both of you that this is part of this game that I think is so underappreciated from these men the physicality that they come in with day in and day out they are putting so much on the line to play aggressive to be physical but also just finding that balance like I mentioned earlier of staying focused within that physicality and so something else I wanted to mention while we're on the topic of injuries is Anthony Brown unfortunately um, with his Achilles injury and and, um, all of that so Christy I didn't. I I was at the game. I didn't see this happen until it was pointed out to me. But you were on the sideline. Happened what right happened? in front of me. I saw it. So it mm. was the
2: twenty-two. I think it was twenty-two yard. It was the screen pass to Jonathan Taylor. So Jonathan comes out and he's going down the right sideline where Anthony Brown is uh, uh, covering number fourteen. So the receiver is when i say making a block that's that's exaggerating it you know anthony was downfield and as he turns to go to help make the tackle the receiver just barely touches his shoulder and just kind of a slight shove not not much of one at all but i think it was just enough to knock anthony off balance But when he went went down, it was just a couple feet in front of the bench. So that's why a lot of people who were watching certainly on TV, you didn't see it. Even the people that were inside Texas Stadium, you know, didn't really see him limp off. But um, so you can't say it's non-contact because there was just a little bit of contact, almost like he was kind of knocked off stride a little bit. But he, Anthony leaned over and he was touching his left. It looked like at first it was his left ankle. He takes about three steps off to get to the sideline and of course the medical staff is right there and the first thing that they're doing is they're uh, if this is if this microphone is the foot and this is the leg and this is the heel when they pinch right here mm-hmm. just about yet the just right above the ankle good. then that's not good because they're checking the Achilles mm-hmm. so I saw that and then they um, put him in the blue medical tent and at my angle on the sideline I can often see inside the medical tent yeah and Anthony already has the towel over his head and he's I mean literally his he's leaning over and his you know <sighs>
1: his,
2: his head is in his hands and yeah. so you you know it's serious yeah and then uh within three or four minutes I see the security and medical people on the walkie-talkie calling for the cart so it's obviously very, very serious. And they take him, uh, str- uh, the cart comes, they load him up, and Cable Johnson, who's head of Cowboys uh, security there on the sideline, is helping hold Anthony's left foot uh, in place as he's being taken off on the cart. Now, during the game, um, I for Cowboys radio, I said, Right now they're saying ankle injury. My fear is that it is an Achilles, and we won't have that confirmed till later or or, uh, tomorrow. But, I mean, I I knew. You saw it. Yeah. And uh, it's such a loss because Anthony Brown, so underrated, So underappreciated by fans and a lot of media, but not by the people inside the star, not by uh, teammates and and coaches. And he's one of these guys, he always wins one of the offseason awards and he's quiet, but he's a leader by example and action. And so this is a big, big loss. And remember, the Cowboys are already without Jordan Lewis mm-hmm. for the season. So you've lost two of your three starting cornerbacks. Deron Bland has stepped in beautifully for Jordan Lewis and played very well. Mm-hmm. Kelvin Joseph is going to have to step up. We'll see more of uh, Nishan Wright. There's a guy named uh, Sheffield who's on the um, practice squad. Sc- Right now, and I expect him to be uh, signed to the 53 man this week and get a lot of work out on the practice field.
1: Sure. And so, with this too, we'll we'll dive a little bit deeper into all of this and how this can have more of a ripple impact going forward for the depth within this defense. But um, you know, I did want to ask both of you all as far as your initial reaction to this game. What is something that really stood out to you the most out of? All the film you watched out of the game out from the sideline, what is the one thing that you think going forward the Cowboys need to keep the bar up here going forward to help them throughout the rest of the season. Now that we're in December football, we're talking December football. Aisha, the key thing? Yeah. I know. I'm putting you on the spot here. <laughs> uh
3: I would say I would say I would say maybe just the adjustments, just just the ability to adjust i i mean granted the slow starts in the first half are you know somewhat frustrating at times but once the cowboys figure out what is going on they really get on a roll but i I am definitely just impressed with the second half adjustments on both sides of the ball even with dan quinn um i felt like he brought he brought linebackers in the a and b gap like in the second half like he he did more timely blitzes i'll say Hmm. and um it threw it threw you know Matt off guard. It threw uh Matt Ryan off guard. But I feel like just the decision making and seeing what's working, you know, Kellen Moore definitely realized like, hey, passing games there but it's not completely there right now let's get into a groove with this running game be physical let our guys get their hands on these other guys and then from there once that point of attack just was established like the line of scrimmage was really established you saw it later in the second quarter then things trickled out into the second half and you saw the dominance there so the adjustments just adjusting on the fly and adjusting correctly and it working yeah Mm
1: -hmm. great answer Christy what about you
3: Hats to the ball on defense, you know, and that's,
2: yes, that's what creates uh, takeaways. When I say hats to the ball, that uh, for a pass rush, that means meeting at the quarterback. right? <laughs> uh, and then on offense, uh, oh, by the way, I thought the run defense uh, did a good job last so, night, too. We talked about it a little bit. We'll talk about it some more. But um, it, when you were given both uh, kudos to the defensive tackles, well-deserved. Uh, offensively, man, especially on those Tony Pollard touchdown runs, yeah. And this O-line, Yeah, uh, that's the thing yep. about December football, and we're going to have a couple of away games when you in, in the playoffs. If you're a wild-card team, you know you're going to at least open on the road. And so people talk about December football being able to play outdoors and the run game and stuff. I thought the offensive line, Absolutely. Th- some yeah. of those yeah. holes that they were opening. So uh, to use a Jerry phrase, the arrow's pointing up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and that's a tough yep. D-line. Like yeah, we, we calls, talked about the, it. those two D tackles.
2: Yeah. I know that DeForest Buckner gets all the, the kudos and mm-hmm. pro bowls and stuff like that, but that Grover uh Stewart, he's he's a good guy too. That Zach Martin was talking about yeah. him. I asked him about DeForest Buckner. He says, Hey, this other guy, he's just as good. This is this is gonna be a tough game. Yeah, yeah. they had
3: some they 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 ha- they have some strength up front and Cowboys I Tyler Biotis, I feel like had a great game. He McGovern, did. Tyler Smith definitely got out in space and did some dope things. Like when he came around that corner, I was oh like, gosh. "When he's lead blocking, get out his way." That was the Pollard. Get out Pollard of his, his way. Long touchdown get line. out of his way. But um, no, you're right. Like there is, and also they sprinkled in some Jason Peters later in yeah. that game. Mm-hmm. We'll get There's, into that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. But the yeah. versatility is cool. The versatility is kind of dope.
1: Well, I love all of this. It gives me plenty to tease about. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and take our first break. But coming up a little bit later, we're gonna talk about what player decided a 50 burger wasn't enough for the night and that it was time for a new sack record to be broken this is girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys
0: at jigsaw dating we obviously want the cowboys to bring that sixth ring home but to be honest we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger that's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with a recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit pepsitrashtalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott,
1: quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And
0: they snap it to Prescott who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first
1: down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can
2: trust.
1: Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're talking all things Cowboys' defensive dominance in the Sunday night football game against the Colts. But first, let's talk pro shops. This December, the only thing hotter than the Dallas Cowboys, I love that, will be the Endless Cowboys Nation gift options. Visit your local pro shop or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com. A fanatics experience and gift the Stug and a Give the gift of the star this holiday season for the star (laughs) of your life. That's where I thought that was
2: going. Yeah, um. I I think I worked this past game for free because I did my... Pro shop shopping and and try to get a lot of Christmas done. Oh, yeah. Only a little bit to go.
1: That's okay. That's okay. I also went to the pro shop and somehow a Christmas miracle happened. I didn't walk out with anything. I don't know how that, I know. Wow. I I know. That never happens. But it's also because I know Christmas (laughs) is around the corner. I have to save and I have to buy for my family because I've not started my Christmas shopping. Parents, you did not hear that uh, if you're listening. (laughs) But let's go into some stats from the Colts game again. If you, if you live under a rock, the Cowboys won 54-19 to 19. Um, and Aisha actually brought this up to my attention because going through the stats um, not too bad. Sacks allowed for the Cowboys only one for the Colts, three. Um, let's see. Let's keep going down. Interceptions thrown by Matt Ryan, three. By Dak Prescott, one. Time of possession. This is something we usually really stress about on the podcast. That in order to win games, you have to win time of possession. This is a uh, exception, I would say. Uh, time of possession for the Colts was thirty one nineteen. For the Cowboys, surprisingly, twenty eight forty one. That was. Very interesting uh, little stat line there. Uh, Going down the list here, Donovan Wilson having himself a game, as most of the defense did, I would say, as well. Seven tackles, one assist, one sack. Uh, Duran Bland, anything but bland. And uh, yes, Chris Collinsworth, I heard you stealing my thunder there on Sunday Night Football saying that. Uh, Four tackles, four assists, two interceptions. Osa Adigizua, three tackles, two assists, one sack. Uh, Just going down this list, Anthony Barr, two... Two tackles one sack Malik Hooker two tackles one interception and I think that is it and and, I mean man what else could you want from this defense absolutely dominant of this game so ladies I want to pose the question to you all because we're just going through this Um, I kind of alluded to this earlier this was more of a breakout game, I think, for a lot of these younger guys, and so uh, their names that we mentioned and, and we've brought up. But who do you think, overall, out of this Cowboys defense, had the most of their breakout game to maybe set the standard for what we're going to see for the rest of the season?
3: It's hard not to say DeRon to Bland, man. Why? Why? It's just hard not to because say
1: because he's what anything oh but God, y'all, Bland oh pew, 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 okay. pew, you gotta,
3: let it, go. I'm you gotta not, let it go I'm
1: not gonna be like Elsa and let it go but, but. He's,
3: <laughs> but no like it's hard to not say Deron Bland because of you, know, you saw him in training camp saw what he was capable of like man like this guy has a nose for the ball and sometimes injuries happen in this game sometimes that's how guys get their opportunity he was inserted very randomly, and has, you know, started to get his legs under him. The nickel position, nickel cornerback position is is not an easy position to play, and he has to do a lot, even in tackling, run support, I mean, and in coverage. And he's, to me, starting to really see the field and get it, and I felt like that was on display yesterday. He just has such a nose for the ball, and I think he's an asset in the middle of your— uh, he's becoming an asset in the middle of your defense um, on the back end now.
1: Yeah. Two interceptions, uh, becoming the Cowboys' rookie defender with two picks in a game since Trayvon Diggs. You may or may not know that name, Uh, everybody. And Trayvon had that in Philly back in 2020. So, interestingly enough, from a guy who started on the outside, moved inside, very impactful, uh, Daron Bland. Another guy you may or may not heard of uh, with the storylines last week, Malik Hooker. Oh, yeah. Having himself a game as well. Uh, His revenge game if you will I, I love a good storyline when it comes to that Christy what were you seeing from the sideline from Malik Hooker and what was that energy like because I don't want to call it a homecoming he's he's home he's, he's home obviously but when a player plays that kind of game and they have a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder what were you seeing from Malik during the game
2: well it was great that uh, Coach McCarthy went ahead and named him a, a game captain yeah. for the defense mm-hmm. obviously yeah. by the way it was Zach Martin for the offense he is a native of Indianapolis and grew up a huge Colts fan and was a Peyton Manning uh, fan. That was the era in which that, Zach grew up as a boy, as a fan. But um, so those, that's the reason why they were offensive and defensive captains. Sean McCune, by the way, was special teams captain. But with Malik Hooker, I think – well, the fact that he had the scores is what makes the highlights and all of that. But he has played so well all year, really. And um, he wasn't shy – uh, talking about his time in Indianapolis during the week he had nothing but good things to say he did not get a second contract after being a first round draft pick uh he had the injury concerns at the end of his uh four years with Indian so that's why they didn't resign him but talking to him last week in the locker room he was saying hey the the trainers they they from Indianapolis they check on me they called me this week to check hmm. on me so, um, you know, nothing but good things to say. But did it mean something to him? Heck, yeah, it did. Yeah. Yep. It was awesome. He's became... and Yeah, yeah. And he is so well-spoken. Yes. Such a cerebral good guy. I hope that folks were listening to the Cowboys Hour uh, last week. He was the guest with Brad Sham and Haley Sutton. Brett Maher, by the way, is the guest tonight on the Cowboy Cha-ching. Hour. But... Um, <laughs> I, I love Malik Hooker. I just, I just love his attitude. I love his thoughtful answers, and I love his thoughtful approach to the game. So yeah. I'm glad it paid off for him, and, and he got all the, the kudos. I would if say getting, can...
1: getting a scoop and score. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it sounded like we're talking about Thanksgiving all over again yeah. with all of this food talk. We're talking a uh, nearly 60-burger, a scoop and score. I mean, yeah, an but, interception but, and a 38-yard fumble recovery for a touchdown, what a great day for him. But it
2: goes to what we were saying about hats to the ball.
1: Yeah. the scoop and yep.
2: score it's because everybody's being aggressive you know yep. and and um uh following up on plays and stuff like that that's how you get those kinds of of uh, scores or
3: takeaways now you're yeah. you're right though about his his personality his character and stuff he's really Uh, become a leader on this defense. He speaks well, and the communication from the safety position has to be on point, and he actually wore the green dot for a good amount of the season when J. Ron Curse was out, so Mm -hmm. um, it just kind of shows you how much trust they have in him, and sometimes I forget he's he's 25, you know, 26. He's a young guy. Like, you you forget because of his demeanor and how he carries himself, but he's also another one of these guys that's come to the Cowboys, you know, in this Dan Quinn defense and kind of revamped himself and Achilles is Achilles is not something that's easy to come back from and him for him to come back last year I felt like he was just getting his legs under him but now you see this year he's sideline to sideline he's like side well hash to hash like his dude is flying around and I thought he really needed this game yeah I think this game meant it meant something to him but to for this defense to also take the next step he has to be firing on all cylinders and I really feel like this game he was doing just that
1: This defense taking the next step, I love, love, love that you said that. Do you feel like, both of you, open-ended question, do you feel like this was the game that they've taken the next step and they've officially elevated from, you know, what we already knew they could do, but you see – the defensive domination and and there's more players to even talk about now do you feel like this was the game that they take that they took the next step or do you feel like it's been a gradual step forward throughout the past few weeks I
2: I think what you said graduates it's a continuation of what we've seen that game got completely out of hand with the four takeaways (laughs) in the fourth quarter I'm not taking anything away from it because it was it was fun and (laughs) I'd never seen four consecutive takeaways before but It it just a coming together of what we've already seen. So uh, I I was not surprised by it at all. I mean, after all, it was was Shark Week, right, Mm -hmm. which is what we wanted all along. I need
1: the Jaws theme music to just keep playing every time the (laughs) defense comes out on the field. Now, you mentioned
3: uh, we've been talking about the young guys, like Sam Williams, Damone Clark, Deron Bland, like these young gentlemen that are getting playing time. Um, Them getting playing time early in this season is starting to – pay dividends to what you want to do as a defense. And them being able to contribute on a high level when you do have some guys like a tank and some in late Van Der Esch Anthony Barr that are, are a little bit up in age you know and not necessarily older but they do need like this is a long season yeah and when you can insert those young guys and there's not a drop off in play now you cooking with gas Ooh. because this is the time of year where See, we're d-
1: talking about food today yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> but this is the time of year where your depth is very important and you know besides that cornerback two position which I'm sure they're going to try to get worse Worked out you should feel very comfortable about where they are. Also this team is starting to really get the system. that if the offense they say it almost after every game. the offense really understands that if they don't make mistakes and if they play clean football and just do their job, there's no overexerting yourself like if the Cowboys just go score, the defense is going to do their thing yeah. Yeah. and vice versa and i i, I yeah. really feel like they're starting to get that it's kind of like a machine and when i do this for my brother this happens for me and everybody wins and it's 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 something that I, like I, I think people say it in football all the time complementary football it's so cliché and stuff but when you see it on display yeah. and you're starting to see it in a more consistent basis that's when you start saying okay this yeah. team can yeah. this team has something a little bit special cuz it's yeah. locker rooms together oh, and that's sure. half the yeah. that's half the battle and absolutely me. Speaking and
1: speaking of a gradual incline somebody else i wanted to make sure we give all of the kudos today give him his flowers donovan wilson that's my, sir. That's my guy sir please a round of applause for donovan wilson and the explosiveness that he had during that game Man. i mean I, I don't want to call it Dono's breakout game because I feel like we've seen just a gradual uptick of his productivity, his physicality, even just the tackling uh, has gradually gotten better. But Donovan Wilson officially has the fourth most sacks by an NFL DB since the beginning of 2020. That tells you something, folks. We are seeing <laughs> well, that's how a, it was a, a lot of things it here. It was a
2: great play call, that oh, safety yeah. blitz. But uh, are you guys familiar with the Golden Whistle? Golden Whistle. Yeah, so that is an award. Mm -hmm. There are off-season awards where um, it's uh, through the conditioning program, and there are, um, what, about 10 off-season award winners. I have them here in the back of my book. But among all of those off-season award winners, there's one kind of like grand prize for all the off-season stuff. And I will let you guess who the Golden Whistle Award winner was for this past year. It was?
1: Donovan Wilson. There you go. And it
2: literally, it's Coach McCarthy, you know, Makes the final call, but, yeah. you know, in conversation with the coaching staff, particularly the uh, strength and conditioning coaches, of which we have three. Uh, but anyway, it literally is a golden whistle. They give him an award. It's a golden whistle. It mm-hmm. has his name on it and stuff. And so Donovan was so proud to win it. And so it's not just, like, the numbers and what you did with your offseason conditioning program. Yeah. It's also – um, you know, leadership, character—all yeah. of the things you know. Showing, and, and there's so much buy-in year-round from all the players. But uh, I'll mention some of these off-season award winners here uh, for offense: Zach Martin, Dak Prescott, Terrence Steele, who's won it two years in a row. Oh. Connor, uh, Connor McGovern. I put Connor McGregor here because oh, I always Connor because, hey, they were because I do fight. fight. That's right. They there were you go, up Connor McGovern. Fight. I got gotcha. you. Zeke Elliott and Dalton Schultz for <laughs> the defense. One, Van der Esch. I mentioned Anthony Brown. <laughs> Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis, who are both now season-ending injuries, Osa Zua. there you go, uh, and then Donovan Wilson, Tony Pollard, and Luke Gifford on special teams. Hmm. So obviously, great leaders there, all of the work ethic and character. But out of all those uh, guys, it's it also has to do with overcoming injuries. Yeah, yeah. and I so love that. that's something that that Donovan has dealt with his first few years in the league. Yeah, I'm partial to him because I'm a Texas Aggie, and there you Donovan go. is a Texas Aggie. But yeah, I was glad to see him get that sack because it's kind of like with Deron Bland. We've been seeing it all year, but to make the highlight play on Sunday Night Football in primetime, now everybody sees it. Well, and I think,
1: too, it's a scheme thing. He is completely bought into this scheme, Mm -hmm. and you can feel it. You can see it. You can see that these players are absolutely locked into this Dan Quinn defense. Absolutely, without a doubt. But I wanted to ask you, here's the question of the day, everybody. Is the Cowboys run defense fixed? And I say fixed because I don't think it was ever completely broken here, y'all. I think... It needed some adjusting, but do you think it's fixed? Because how good of a test was this Colts offense for that to really solidify? Because we've been talking about this since Green Bay, week by week by week. Is it fixed yet? Is it fixed? Uh, Are we seeing improvement? Well, again, that leads to the question. Do you think this Cowboys defense has officially found the fix to ensuring that the run defense is no longer going to be that kryptonite for them? Aisha, I'll start with you.
3: Mm. (laughs) No. I mean, because I'm I'm impartial as well because I'm one of the people that's right. like I didn't know if it was so much broken; it was just that it needed to be tweaked, and you know, guys just need to play harder. We talked about it. All hats to the ball. Tackling was good this game. I mean, yep. they're playing collectively together. So, and also too, you're getting a lot of help and support from the DBs. Like these young DBs are coming up and tackling, helping on the edge as well. Sam Williams is actually very helpful in the run game at the edge. Mm-hmm. So. You also see Dan Quinn changing up some lineups, changing up some stuff, trying to see what works and which guys works. But also to this last couple of weeks, you've been without I think it was Hankins was not Hankins was out. Bohanna was out a game, mm-hmm. and then yeah, Bohanna didn't play yesterday. Yeah, Bohanna yeah. didn't play. So you're also defensively doing well without having all your guys on the field. So I will say that just the idea of stopping the run seems like it is set well with the guys, and the effort is there to do it. I mean, 3.8 yards a carry yesterday for the Colts is is nothing to snuff at. These guys are playing hard. Well,
1: there you go. And so I hate to cut this conversation short, but ladies, there's just so much to talk about today, so we have to go to break. But coming up after the break, we're breaking down the Cowboys' offense and how their focus on pre-snap penalties. Help them out. That's coming up in just a bit. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys.
0: At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. know the difference make a difference be a team player and recycle visit pepsitrashtalk.com to learn more
1: it's smoothie king's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar you no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your
3: goals this summer you don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great because at smoothie king every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups so you can satisfy your cravings without compromise The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar.
2: Smoothie King, rule the day.
1: Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We are breaking down all things Cowboys Colts. But first, let's talk holiday camps because tis the season for Dallas Cowboys holiday youth camps presented by Invisalign. Registration for one-day football and dance academy camps are now open. Don't miss your chance to send your little athlete to camp at AT AT&T Stadium on December 20th. And twenty first, register today at dallascowboys. dot com slash academy. Uh, yeah, well, Aww. I, I uh, <laughs> am.
2: I the end of the day is a is a game. And the cheerle- our little our DCC Dance Academy, mm-hmm. and that by the way, it's taught by the real uh, Cowboys cheerleaders. But they come out, and for we have a pregame ceremony, we have halftime, and then I call the game for the Cute. football. So if you're bringing your little one uh, out to football academy, you'll have a chance to come on the field after the game. So sounds please, fun. please be sure and come up and introduce so yourself. I'd love to meet you. We're
1: prepping some Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and some future Cowboys players. Is, is what exactly it sounds that's like. exactly. How what it is well let's talk about the Cowboys offense they had 385 total yards 165 of which were passing yards 220 of which were rushing yards they were averaging 5.9 yards per play uh 23 first downs within this game third down efficiency I could get into this but we won't for time's sake seven out of 13 um total plays 65 and uh yeah, we're going to the next page of stats here. Hello. Uh, rushing yards. Tony Pollard had 91 for 12 carries, averaging 7.6 yards a carry, of course, having two rushing touchdowns. Zeke, 77 yards with 17 carries, averaging 4.5 yards a play, Uh, one rushing touchdown for him. And then the running back glory continued, Malik Davis, having himself his first career touchdown, uh, rushing touchdown, that is, 29 yards for three carries, going down to receiving 70, uh, excuse me, C.D. Lamb had 71 yards, uh, averaging 14.2 yards a carry, one touchdown for him there. Michael Gallup, 23 yards within this game, touching the ball four times, uh, averaging 5.8 yards to carry and having himself two touchdowns for some Sunday night football feast uh, there. So ladies, I wanted to get into uh, the Cowboys offense and breaking down the run game and the pass game. Something specifically that I wanted to talk about with the running game was that this is the first time in Ezekiel Elliott's career that he didn't start uh, in his career and Christy I wanted to pass that over to you to kind of talk about that and what we heard and and why Tony Pollard got that start first. Yeah we
2: talked about Pollard being out there on the radio broadcast and and so Brad and Babe are throwing it down to me it's like uh, everything okay with Zeke why is Zeke not starting so I'm checking making sure that it's it's not injury related it was not and on the sideline they weren't saying anything about disciplinary uh, reasons as to uh, why Pollard started and not Zeke it was actually uh, Jerry Jones and his post-game press conference that said it was uh, uh, discipline-related in terms of uh, Jerry referenced uh, meetings and uh, cell phones. Hmm. So it could have been Cell phone going off, but uh, Mike McCarthy was asked about it uh, about an hour ago in his Monday afternoon press conference. And Mike McCarthy said, Those are things that stay in the locker room. But, but the business. funny, the funniest yeah. thing was about 15 minutes later, towards the end of the press conference, our PR director, I, Tad Carper, yeah. his cell phone goes off. <laughs> and so, we all of us in the media are joking, it's like, Oh. Oh, there's a fine, or oh, oh, you're benched, you can't start. And then Mike McCarthy uses the line from Jerry Jones post game last night and says, I would have been more lenient. Oh. And it was the greatest line it was hilarious Mike McCarthy's feeling
1: so he, comfortable in these press conferences he's got really a great, great sense of humor he yeah. really does so staying on the run the run game and I only wanted to bring that up just to show not an injury thing right. but again it's an accountability thing which is another theme we've heard a lot from this Cowboys locker room but the
2: thing about Zeke is he'll never mope about it there you go. never know yep. he is such a great uh, teammate that's something that Mike McCarthy also talked about yeah. too and Absolutely. Uh, you know there's not a hard Worker or higher football IQ guy or better teammate. Than Very Zeke.
1: important to note there. Um, Tony Pollard also having himself a game, um, finished with 106 scrimmage yards and leads the Cowboys with six games of 100 plus scrimmage yards this season. So that's exciting there. Um, and again, we're cramming all this in because we just get so excited talking about these games. Past game, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. Hello, gentlemen. Have yourself a night. Go celebrate and have yourself a 50-burger because y'all absolutely deserve it. Uh, Something I wanted to ask both of you uh, is about the O-line and how important the o line stability and strength really played out in this game. Aisha, I'll start with you on that.
3: Oh, for sure. Um, We talked about it earlier. I thought the offensive line definitely came out and established themselves. Um, Towards the second quarter, they really started – putting their hands on those people. (laughs) Putting their hands on the other guys. And I felt like they were winning at the line of scrimmage. They were just so powerful. I mean, Zach Martin was moving people around. DeForest Buckner is not a guy that's easy to get his hands to get his to get your hands off of. And he really seriously drove him down. They got to the second level. Um and that eventually opened up the pass. I, I thought they were also smart with how they um passed the ball once they got into a rhythm. C D Lamb CeeDee Lamb is really emerging as that receiver, as that dude. And when he came in— That tuck and
1: roll? Oh, yeah, absolutely.
3: On on that play, it was such—I mean, it was third and ten. If I'm not mistaken, he said, third and stop, ten. Stop,
1: drop and roll. I'm on yeah. fire tonight.
3: Third and ten. <laughs> your guy your quarterback needs a play. Someone stop
1: me, please. Yeah,
3: I mean your quarterback needs a play and he comes out there. Kellen Moore also did a fantastic guy job getting him in space. Like yeah. CeeDee Lamb is a yards after catch guy. He's stronger than what he looks. He's hard to tackle and he was put in positions in this game to really get out and we got to see his athletic ability yeah. and what he's capable of. Michael Gallup, that fade was beautiful. D- you could tell that Dak cared about that throw. He really put he he really put it, you know, put it exactly where it needed to be. And the the other T D is just a scramble drill. And that's just mm-hmm. your that's just your your wide receiver not giving up on the play. And you know, so you're seeing some good things from those guys. Surprisingly though, I don't know what your thoughts are. I
1: was actually surprised
3: that the tight ends weren't so involved.
1: Well, I think it was With just yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, in in which way? Because we know I, they're very
2: versatile. It, I, it, it's matchups yeah, match match yeah yeah better. yeah it was just there was more downfield opportunity yeah. and just better uh, matchups with the wide receivers yeah. and not having to rely so much on the, the tight ends with the um, blocking and uh, there you go. I want to say one more thing on offensive line I'll make it real quick all right um, we are
1: running out of time ter- ter- we Terrence, love this.
2: Terrence Steele and Tyler Biotish spent their day off last Tuesday um, I am seated but they were with the new president and CEO of the National Medal of Honor Museum, uh, Chris, who is a former Navy SEAL and astronaut. And we were at the Medal of Honor Museum Display Center in Arlington with Nolan uh, Junior High in Arlington ISD, and then uh, virtually with uh, Junior High outside Fort Hood. And they were talking about character, commitment, Things that are represented with the Medal of Honor recipients, and so uh, if we're talking about offensive line, I want to talk mention Tyler Biotish and Terrence Steele for spending their off day talking to kids about these important things. Beautiful, Amazing.
1: beautiful, beautiful stuff, and we love that on the field glory, but we also love the off the field work as well. So great mention there, Christy. Also want to give kudos to the Cowboys overall for fixing uh, those pre snap penalties, putting focus on that because y'all you know you I'm the queen of it. You know she don't- Play. Okay, so here we go. Here we go. Here's your pun of the day for this. Oh, God. This 50 burger, nearly 60 burger, uh, was very dry with the mustard on the lettuce and uh, just a lot of extra yardage on the side. Ah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I know, God. y'all. All right. Can I I
2: upgrade to sweet potato
1: fries? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can upgrade. You You can definitely upgrade. Well, ladies, I love doing this with y'all every Monday. And it's always so much fun that uh, you give me the platform to put my puns out in the world. And uh, Chris (laughs) Collinsworth can steal that one next week if he wants. There you go. (laughs) Stealing. Just stealing. (laughs) But, uh, yes, thank you, ladies, so much for joining me. As always, it is so much fun talking all things Cowboys football with you. We will be back tomorrow. So for Christy, Aisha, I am Jess. We will see you tomorrow for even more Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Enjoy the rest of your Victory Monday, and go Cowboys!
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys?